you'll turn with me to Mark chapter 4, we just like to take a look at a few thoughts from a parable the Lord Jesus told. Um, as we consider this evening, this celebration of little Christopher coming into the world, and um, we'll celebrate with the Impert family. And so, uh, as I was thinking about what would be appropriate, uh, not only for you, Enoch, and your family, uh, but for all of us, as we consider our spiritual journey and our lives together as families, this is a passage that the Lord has really used to encourage and challenge me in my own uh, family life and parenting life. And I, I thought I'd like to just share with you a little bit um, from it this, this, this evening. Mark chapter 4, I'm just going to read not only the parable itself, but the Lord's interpretation of it in these first 20 verses. And it reads, And again, he, the Lord Jesus, began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened, as he sowed, that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But the other seed fell on good ground, and it yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown on, among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. So, Father, as we have opened your word this evening, you, you've given us not only a story to make us think, but an interpretation that we might make sure we get the application. And Father, like in that day, there are those who really didn't want to hear what you had to say, and so they really didn't receive from it. But to those who did, to those who would inquire to say, Lord, teach us what you're trying to say, you would disclose it all. And Father, as we celebrate tonight with this new life, come into the Impert family and into this world, Father, our desire for him is that he would come 
to know you as Savior, that he would learn to know you, to walk with you, to love you, and even to serve you with all of his life. But Lord, that's our desire for each and every person present and all those that we know and care about. So we pray that you would indeed speak to the, our hearts tonight. Give us ears to hear that we may hear what your Spirit has to say and hearts to receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, the time when the Lord Jesus shared this parable was a turning point in his ministry, right? He had spoken things very clearly, but there was a, this rising element around him that would just nitpick at what he had to say and try to make it difficult for him even to teach. And so his strategy for using the parables was strategic in that his strategy was strategic. His purpose was strategic. He knew that if they were just looking for something to cast stones at him and they weren't really going to think about it, they wouldn't get anything out of the parable. But to those who would take the time, as he would say here in, in, in uh, verse 24, with the same measure you put into it, you will be given. Those who would really seek, the Lord would speak to them. And I know in my earlier Christian years, I didn't appreciate these parables because I guess I just didn't invest in them. But as I said, the Lord has really spoken to me, especially in more recent times, and, and I really appreciate them. And um, so this particular one is one of the first ones. And he says, if you don't understand this, how are you going to understand the rest? So it seems to be a key parable. And at the time, the disciples were marveling at all the crowds, but the Lord would show him the, the, the disciples this simply to tell them, listen, Yes, there's lots of people, and they're all hearing the words, but it's not going to have the same effect. And you know, as a parent, as I look at my family, and I say, you know, we're all reading the Bible together at home. We're coming to Sunday school. We come to the messages. We hear the word of God. But how can we know? What can we do to try to, to help there be an effect that we want to see in the lives of ourselves, our family, and those around us. And, uh, and so I was reading this, this parable, and what struck me was this, you know? The Lord focuses in on the soils. And basically what he's saying is the soils where these seed fell are pictures of the hearts of hearers. And depending on the condition of those hearts will determine the outcome when they hear the word of God. Well, as I looked back on my own life, and I remember when we first bought our first home in Pembroke Pines and moved in, we had a big enough backyard. We thought, let's use some of it for a garden. And so we went and we bought some packages of seeds, and we went out and we marked off a plot of land, and we turned up the soil, and we planted some seeds. You know, some of the, some of the crop grew pretty well. And I was amazed at what came out of that yard. But some of them, they just didn't do well at all. And later I learned why. Because the soil in our backyard was not conducive to the kind of seed that we were trying to plant there. If I really wanted that seed to grow, it's not that you can't grow those things in South Florida, but you've got to do something to the soil. And when it becomes the right uh, uh, mixture of elements and minerals present in that soil, those seeds would grow. And so on some occasions we said, you know, it's not worth all that investment for those particular seeds, we'll just buy these because we know the soil is right for those. But, you know, we can't do that with our, with our, our family. Say, well, you know, <laughs> the word of God is the crop we need to see. And so what we've got to do then is say, well, as a parent, I can't make my children trust in Christ. I can't 
make them have a heart for the Lord, but, but I think the Lord is giving us some help to say, okay, what can I do to help cultivate the soil of the hearts in my home so that maybe they'll be conducive Maybe they'll be prepared for the seed. Because that's what I see here. As the Lord interprets the parable, he says here in verse 13, he's, um, in verse 14, he says, the sower sows the word. You know, I might have been able to say as I looked at my garden in Pembroke Pines, well, you know, maybe I got a bad batch of seeds. And that's a possibility, right? That happens. But there's nothing wrong with the word of God. The sower sowing the word of God, there's nothing wrong with the word. So really, the difference has to do with the soils, not the seed. And I said, okay, well, what, what can I do as I try to help my children in my home to have a heart that will receive the word of God in their lives? Well, he says that there's four different kinds. One kind, well, you know, I meant before I got into all this just to make one extra note. Coming from Acts chapter 20, the Apostle Paul stopped by the, the Ephesian church. It was his last time he was going to see them, and he wanted to give them a challenge. Because he said, I'm not going to see you anymore. The Holy Spirit's made it very clear to me that I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to stand before the king, but uh, I won't see you again. He fully expected that would be the end of his life. But what he said to them was this. He said, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. We chuckle sometimes when we get on the airplanes. And we hear the flight attendants go through that little spiel of theirs. But the, the gist of what they're saying is when that mask falls down because the oxygen pressure is going down in the, in, the co in the airplane, you can't help your neighbor until you've got your own mask fixed on first or else you're going to have problems yourself. And um, before I got my focus all focused on what can we do to help our family, maybe to be prepared to receive the word of God, the scriptures tells us, Make sure you look at yourself first, right? He says, take heed to yourselves. And all these things that we're going to talk about here about maybe ways we can help our kids as we seek to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of Christ, we've got to check ourselves out first. Am I practicing these things in my life? Because as they say, sometimes more things are caught than taught. What we're trying to say can't be heard because our life is speaking so loud, denying what we're saying. And... Uh, so this is a challenge to us personally as well as, as parents trying to raise our children. And I was, uh, it's, been, it's been neat watching uh, Enold and Jean and Magalita coming along, or excuse me, Marlita, <laughs> um, and how that you are investing in their lives and the results that's taking place. Uh, but to encourage you in that, it was what brought me to this passage here tonight. All right, so going back to the, so to the, so the soils. The Lord Jesus said that there is a certain condition of heart, like the wayside, where when the seed fell on that hardened ground, it didn't even have a chance to get in there because the birds came and carried it away. And when the Lord Jesus interpreted this, he said that that is a picture of when a person hears the word of God, he says they just don't understand. And so the enemy, Satan, is able to come and snatch away that word before it ever gets in the heart. And I have to ask myself this, you know, we have Bible readings in our house. We come to Sunday school and the word of God is shared. But sometimes when we're sitting around talking, someone will say something and I realize, you know what? They just didn't understand. And so 
there was no learning taking place. There was no receiving of that word because it never really got in, simply because they didn't understand. And so one of the first challenges that we ought to take is to make sure, first of all, that they're hearing the word of God. And we need to make sure that whether it's here or at home, the word of God is read to our young ones. And if it's not even being done, well, then the seed is not being scattered there. But then it says they did not understand. And so, you know, we need to ask questions. Listen, what are they saying? Did they get that? Help put it into their, let them put it into their own words. Make sure that, that uh, they've really taken it in. And there's probably many little comical stories that could take place if we all shared about some of the things that our little ones have said thinking they understood, but in actuality, they missed the point, right? But Satan would come along and take away those lessons simply because they didn't understand. And so it was never sown in their hearts, never got in. Now that's the first possibility. But beyond that, the next soil says, well, the one that fell on stony ground. The Lord said, well, they received it with joy, Seems that they heard what was being said, they understood it, received it with joy, but it says immediately, after having received it with gladness, they when they went out, persecution arose because of the word's sake, and immediately they stumbled. And the reason it says they stumbled, and this is the main phrase, said they had no root in themselves. And this is a hard one for me. I say, well, you know. There's a root in my own heart of faith in Christ. But I can't quite make there be a root in my child's heart. But we need to pray that they would all come to the place where they would put their own individual, personal trust in Christ. But then from there to say, how can I help them develop to put down that root that it would go down into the depths and grow something real in their own lives to help them learn how to open God's word and receive something from themselves. So they're not just walking around piggybacking off of my own trust and faith in the Lord, but learning to do it themselves. And this takes some investment, doesn't it? To actually encourage and coach them to take little baby steps in, in opening God's word and learning to, to hear from God, learning to ask him about things that come along in their daily lives so that when they see God answering their prayers, that root goes a little bit deeper. So that when that, it says persecution and temptation arises because of the word, they will not stumble. Um, you know, maybe we need to take time to, uh, to reveal to our children some of our own struggles so they can see how we deal with them, how we deal with hurts, pains, anger, financial troubles. So they can see, well, my, my mom and dad, they pray about these things. And they can pray with us and hear God answer. When they see that they've got an issue with their friend at school and, and say, well, talk to God about that. Pray and ask him to show you what to say. And their own root of faith begins to grow as they see God answering them and using those prayers. But that takes time. And what, I, what, what, what I'm afraid of in our culture today is that we're too busy to take the time to do these things. Even within our own homes. And so we got to slow down somehow. We got to make sure we're there and not just running around even to meetings here, but to take time on our own, pray with them and teach them, give them opportunities to serve and uh, persecution and tribulation. You know, I'm sad to say that maybe I was afraid to open up about these things 
But I remember times in my own young life at school where there were comments made that hurt my heart. Maybe I wouldn't have called it persecution, but you know, I didn't really share it with my parents. And um, I don't know, maybe they didn't probe as much as to try to draw it out of me, but I wonder if some of the struggles I had growing up might not have been so intense if there could have been more of that dialogue because I needed that root to go deeper, but I clammed up, you know, and, and there's a lot of persecution and temptations going on. The school systems down here especially are very hostile to faith in Christ. And so we've got we've to draw out our young ones. And it's, we're not safe, even if we're homeschooling or in a Christian school. Maybe our guard drops a little bit sooner, and maybe it shouldn't. But we've got to invest in these young ones to help them not only understand, but to let that root grow deep. And then the, uh, the third kind of soil says it was thorny. The thorns grew up around that seed which had started to sprout, and it choked the seed from bearing fruit. And again, as the Lord interpreted this, he said, first of all, they did hear the word. So if we're doing that, we learn the lesson from the hard ground, okay, so they're hearing the word of God. That's good. They've got to understand it. But it says in the thorny ground, what were the things that grew up around the seed that choked it? Well, verse 18 and 19, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things entering in, choked the word and it becomes unfruitful not that all the things around are bad and what are the things that that are the cares and pleasures of this world you know education itself can become an all-consuming care we got to get them a good college education we got to get them this scholarship and and they've got to be a part of this this sports program and and whatever it might be there's all kinds of things that are just simple cares of this world Needing a car, house payments, right? These are all cares of this world, but our children have cares. But it even goes into, next step, it says the pleasures of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. There's lots of pleasures that this world has to offer. Simple relationships with friends, relationships within our families, cell phones, computers, tablets, um, movies, music, all kinds of things that are meant to be pleasant things in this world, but it says there's a danger that these things rising up around the word of God would choke it. And um, it's hard. We have to pay the bills. We have to work, right? But we need to guard against these things choking the word of God. And so I had to ask myself a question. What am I allowing to enter in? It says the desires for other things entering in choke the word. And some of these things, we just, they come in and we let them in. And so we've got to guard against these things that would choke the word of God. But after that, it says, you know, there is, a, there is a type of heart, like the good ground, that the Lord Jesus said they heard the word, they accepted it. And I like the way I think it's the gospel of Luke puts it. They kept it. It was protected over time, diligently. And as a result, it bore fruit with patience. And so it's a long-term, it's a long-term job, right? Bringing our young ones through the, all the processes of growing up until they leave us. But to help them to hear, to help them to understand, to help them to be ready to accept it if possible, to guard against the things that might choke it out, help them to learn how to put down that root so that they themselves can keep it. And with patience and diligence, let the Lord bear fruit in their own life. That's the bullseye we all want to see. 
We can't make it happen. But, you know, as I thought back to my garden, there are things that we can do to try to help the soil to be ready to receive it. And so our prayer for you, Enoch, Magalita, is that you will continue in your seeking the Lord to know how to cultivate the soils of your young ones' hearts as you yourselves model it. And that we together can pray for one another that we would do the same taking heed to ourselves first and then investing in this next generation right under our own roofs to help them to hear and understand, to guard against the thorns, to put down deep roots in Christ so that there will be a great harvest. If the Lord tarries, he may not tarry that long. But while we have the opportunity, may the Lord help us to be diligent. And so um, I'm just going to invite our brother Malcolm up. If you wouldn't mind um, just committing... Uh, our dear Impert family to the Lord in prayer and then return thanks for the, for the food and refreshments that are waiting for us. And um, uh, perhaps you all want to come on down front and uh, we'll pray with you up here. How about that? So. <clears throat>